You're listening to Yellow Packaging by Justlin and Colton. We're two Asians born and raised in Vancouver, living our lives through the perspective of a growing minority. Our podcast is about nothing, about something, and about everything. We talk about issues going on in our lives, our city, and how that relates back to our place in a Western society. So sit back, listen up, and get a new view on what it's like. Get a new view on what it's like to live in Vancouver. To live in Vancouver. Hello, hello. Hi. Welcome back. I guess it's been a little over a month and we're back at it again. Yeah, we took a little bit of a, an extended break, I guess. To say the least, yeah. yeah. But, you know, I think... Um, but not summer. Summer didn't take a break yet. Yeah, summer's still here. I mean, to say that I'm not thrilled with the weather is a lie, but I know that this isn't normal and we are now officially in a drought, which is kind of scary. Yeah. I mean, we're, what, mid-October now, and it still hasn't rained. And the air feels different. It's, like, kind of muggy. So someone was telling me, like, enjoy it now because winter's going to slap you in the face and it's going to be cold and That's snowy. That's what they say. Okay, true. Something about a farmer's um, almanac predictions. So do you think that it's going to be a terrible winter? I feel like it might be. I guess we'll find out sooner or later. Tomorrow, slap, <laughs> winter. So how have you been? Um, pretty good, pretty yeah. good. I caught um, Issa's cold this week. Was it COVID or was it a cold? No, I, I tested too. It wasn't COVID. Is um, Issa's been back at school. Yeah. She's been sick and then not sick and sick yeah. again. And then it just got me this time. And I lost my voice. So like that was like the most frustrating. <laughs> my yelling has no punch. <laughs> Just like a death look. Like, I will not re- respond to this. But it's kind of nice to have, like, a, that kind of the cold voice, the sexy cold oh, voice. Oh, yeah. Hey, let's The raspy talk. cold voice. Welcome back. Yellow packaging. <laughs> hello. The radio voice. Oh, hello. Yeah. Well, I'm not pleased to say that COVID finally got me. Um, it's a matter of time. Yeah. So I went to the, what I call the East Coast, but when I go to the East Coast, they're like, we're on the East Coast. Yeah. So, uh, but I went to Montreal and Toronto. And something in that, that Toronto, Montreal, East Coast air that dirty over there. Yeah, the dirty air. <laughs> and it got me. Yeah, I got I got hit with the COVID. Do so. you think you caught it like while in the city or on the plane, you think? Well, I don't know. That's why I'm, I'm trying if I were to trace back like how long it takes for the symptoms to hit, um, I think it may have been from the plane. Okay. But the weird thing, I it could have it had to be the air because when I step into the plane into my seat, I bring on my disinfecting wipes, I disinfect everything. But did you wear a mask? I wore a mask. Okay, yeah. yeah. And I mean, it's either the people beside me or the, the people in front of me or behind me. And I was just breathing in their air and I got sick. But I think it's like in Montreal, but when I got to Toronto, that's when it hit me hard. Oh. Yeah. And then I unfortunately got my, my friend, Hanji, sick as well. Oh, no, poor girl. <laughs> and then she passed it on to somebody else. So you really, I really saw the chain effect of how quickly that thing spreads. And I'm certain that it was Omicron. I mean, I don't want to go into a tangent about COVID, yeah. so I'm so sick of it, but I just will say one thing that I noticed is that when I knew I had is that I woke up like in the middle of the night and my shirt was soaked, like night sweats, oh, crazy. like hardcore night sweats. I've never like gotten that sweaty before unless I did like a hot yoga class or something like that, right? Yeah. And then I was like, this isn't normal. So then I Googled it and one of the main, one of the specific symptoms of Omicron is night sweats. So oh that's what I do. But other than that, it felt like a regular cold for the most part. Just you're super sweaty. 
Yeah, at night, sleeping. Only night? That's mm-hmm. crazy. I didn't know that about Omicron. Yeah, but anyways, so, but the good the good thing is that I'm, I'm past now. I'm past negative. Yeah. Thank God. But I got my request for my booster, but I don't need a booster anymore because I have the natural vaccine. Yeah. <laughs> so it's great. No, that's, we also got um, COVID mm-hmm. in the summer. Yeah. In June. And mine was like easy peasy yeah. compared to what I've heard other people have, like yeah. symptom wise. I have yeah. like a, a pretty bad sore throat mm-hmm. for like three days. Yeah. So yeah, I didn't have a sore throat for me. It was just fatigued. I was just really tired. Mm-hmm. That's all. I also think though, like being on vacation in, in Montreal and Toronto, I was drinking and like just drinking a lot more. So I, my body was already probably run down from detoxing yeah. all that booze I was drinking. But yeah, anyways, that was fun. I got to see Montreal. Yeah, I never really got to explore it, and I I will say Montreal is a very livable city that I can see myself living in. It's really nice. Where did you stay? I stayed at my cousin's uh, apartment there. Where does he live? He lives in the 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 Milex. I think it's called the Myland neighborhood. Okay, but it's it's very like you know one walkable, walkable cafes everywhere, wine bars everywhere, little shops mm-hmm. like quote unquote hipster vibes. But that's kind of like neighborhoods that I like. It's very like easy and digestible, you know, because yeah. Montreal's still a small city, um, and not speaking French doesn't make it that hard either. Yeah, you know, and I didn't even notice, like, mm-hmm. it's been a few years since I've been there, but, yeah. like, I never had to use it right. or felt confused while I was there. Yeah, but I think, and then after that, I went to Toronto, and Toronto's such a, like, a big city, right? Yeah. So, different vibe, for sure. Uh, but, obviously, I didn't really get to truly digest Toronto as much as I wanted to, but I did enjoy it, though. Yeah. But I think I prefer Montreal. I think I do like that small city, big city vibe, you know what I mean? Well, that's kind of Vancouver, too. I yeah, guess Montreal's exactly. better than Vancouver, but we still have that vibe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then it has me wondering, like, do I prefer to go places that are similar to Vancouver? And that's why, like, you know what I mean? It's like, should yeah. I should I open, broaden my perspective and, like, enjoy places that aren't like Vancouver? You know what I mean? But I don't know. What makes a city great? <laughs> the people. Yeah. Like vibe. Well, you were in LA. Yeah. Uh, just, uh, what, a couple months ago? Yeah. Months ago, even? Yeah. So, I don't know. I'm still trying to figure out if I'm just looking for places that are like Vancouver, or am I, do I actually like cities because they have a certain je ne sais quoi about them, you know what I mean? Yeah. I think it's more the latter, but right. I don't know. But you were also in Toronto. Yeah, we were. Pretty much we were a there. week after me, or before me, sorry. Before you, yeah. It was nice weather, too, when yeah. we were there. Um, we stayed right in the city. But where we stayed had sort of the same elements as, like, where we live. Yeah. So it's, like, a community, community center close by. Right. All, like, the public transportation. We're mm-hmm. by the water. Yeah. Um, there's an aqua bus nearby. You can yeah. go to Toronto Island. Uh, we did Blue Jays games. Like, it was just kind of like how we live at home, mm-hmm. but, like, someplace else. Yeah, exactly. So I get what you mean. It's, like, I like the elements of Vancouver. And yeah. I wouldn't mind that in another city I mm-hmm. visit. But then it's like that's, and I think that's where I'm kind of conflicted. It's like, do I want in a, do I want to, do I like cities that are like Vancouver? Or do I like cities because they have a certain thing about them? You know what I mean? So the thing with Vancouver is other cities like all over the world, mm-hmm. especially in the states, they come here to see how they can bring Vancouver into their city. So it's like more like an inspo city. Yeah. So it's like people come. This is what like urban living is like. Yeah. They've incorporated nature. Yeah. Like. Um, this is years ago, but I knew someone who helped other cities with mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Um, and he would host them here. Right. And one was like Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Baltimore was like the other one. Right. 
Um, so they came and they explored the city and then they took notes and then tried to implement there. But the thing with the other cities is they have a highway that runs through it. Right, yeah. So it's hard to mimic what we have here yeah. because they've got those infrastructures like in place. Yeah, so they kind of have to build around it or with Or they would have to take it out and then that's like a huge thing. So then what do you do with that traffic yeah, cutting true. into the city? It's like a huge thing. Yeah. It's interesting though. I never really, yeah, I don't know. We don't really have that in Vancouver, but it's true. Yeah, I right? think Greenpeace <laughs> and all those hippie dippies like in the 70s yeah. who like laid their bodies down so they didn't have to bring um, a highway through the city. So what are your thoughts then on the tearing down of the, the viaducts and making uh, downtown Vancouver a car freeze? Uh, yeah, I'm like it's like unnecessary. Yeah. I think we've been able to marry both. Yeah. I only pissed off the drivers now because taken away more yeah. street for them to drive and I, I think it's unnecessary 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 so or would you rather have it as is right now or do you, would you prefer to kind of proceed the way we're going you know because the plan is right now to tear to take, those, to, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah again I, I would think it's fine to leave it as is so would you vote against it I would vote against it is that something that's proposed no. sorry I didn't read that <laughs> I didn't see anything on that well okay well I guess since we're on the topic of Vancouver, for those who don't care about Vancouver and maybe you don't want to listen to this episode, but what I would say is that we're going to dedicate this episode to talking about the elections that are coming up on the 15th. Um, there's already advanced voting going on right now, yeah. so for all our Vancouver residents, make sure you check your ballots to see where your advanced voting locations are. But we are approaching a uh, Vancouver city election. Is it Vancouver or is it BC? It's, I think it's Vancouver, right? Yeah. Yeah. But like other cities have their voting too. So yeah. like Richmond has theirs. And right. So we're going to talk Vancouver. about Vancouver specifically since it's our city and we obviously, you know, care, care about it. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I don't know. Where, do, where should we start? Should we start with the main parties that are running? Should we start with the mayors? Maybe I'll go into a bit about what this election is about. So essentially what this is, we're yeah. looking for uh, obviously a new kind of team to kind of lead and run Vancouver, so to speak. So essentially, I think you're you're going to be voting for one mayor when you go into this election. Um, ten councillors. Um, I think it's I can't remember. It's five, five or eight parks and rec people, and then I think another five or eight. So um, yeah, one mayor, ten councillors, seven parking board, and nine school trustees. Yeah. So be prepared when you're going into this voting. I think it's really obviously everybody should vote regardless of what city you're in. Um, it's a right and it's a hard-earned right that you should take advantage of. But yeah, I would say I highly recommend you at least do your due diligence and learn about, you don't have to learn about every person. I, I, they always say, you know, vote for the party, don't vote for the person. And I think that's a really strong thing because if you're voting for people, but they're all part of different parties, you're going to have a situation where we have now where huh. it currently our current Vancouver council and mayor it's all a mixed bunch of people right and they all come in with their own perspectives so when it comes to getting things approved nobody can agree on anything and that's how we can't have anything actioned so when you're determining who you're voting for really think about the party and what they stand for and what they're offering and also at the same time know that the mayors and the councillors can only promise things and do things at that level they can't promise anything further beyond that so really know what your 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 city government or city council can actually approve and make happen. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. For sure. All right, so 
that's what the Vancouver election is right now. So make sure, you know, you go online, you do your research, make sure you're looking at actual credible websites as well. Um, Reddit, I find is a really great, um, it was a, what do you call it, a forum discussion, yeah. whatever you want to talk, for, to hear everybody's opinions and perspectives on the different, you know, people that are running in the different parties. Um, do you have anything to add to that? Yeah, so um, you mentioned the Thai. Yes, the Thai is a really one. good one. That one is also like publicly funded. Yeah, These, um, it's crowdsourced, I think. Crowdsourced, yeah. Yeah, sorry, not publicly, you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, and they do profiles on each of the sort of major mayors. Yeah. mayors. Um, and then they also have a podcast. Yeah. So I found that very helpful. Yeah. Uh, so that's another one. Yeah, uh, definitely. And then Vancouver.ca. Yeah. Um, that's credible. It's like our city website. Totally. It's a bio on each of the candidates. Yeah. And another good thing is I think on the Vancouver.ca website, you can actually build out your voting card yeah. essentially. So when you go in, you can just pull that up. And then I, that's what I did. I did my fast voting already. So that, I just pretty much brought that in. And then you can get an email to yourself. And then when you sit down to vote, you can just, you know who you're voting for. Right oh, away. it's so smart. Yes. Yeah. It's a lot of people that you have to vote for. So don't think you're just making one vote and that's it. It's like you're voting for a new team to make Vancouver great again. <laughs> Mama. <laughs> no. I think well, I saw your hat. Yeah. MBA. Yeah. Maybe Vancouver. Yeah. Good. Yeah. yeah. All right. So where do you think we should start, Jess? Um, I think we start with um, mayors. Okay. Cool. Right? Do you want to go mayors and then we'll talk about like more general stuff? Because if we go into each of the councillors and everything, yeah. Be a- well, how about we talk about the parties, the main parties that are running first and okay. then go into the mayors? Okay, so obviously with the Vancouver election, anybody can actually run for council, run for mayor, as yeah. long as you have enough uh, people that have signed and vouched for you. So I don't recommend voting for an independent person per se, because yes. their their viewpoints and perspectives are quite single-minded. Yes. <laughs> I mean, just look at the the beauty contest here. Just yeah. <laughs> their profile pics. Yeah, there's some pretty crazy ones, and don't waste a vote on something like that. Even yeah. if you don't care, at least try and make an effort to know the parties. Um, okay, so essentially, I'll go through the major ones that we have, and then we'll go from there. Okay, so the first one is One City. Um, so I'm on this website called alanpike.com. He's a progressive kind of person, per se, but he actually did like a whole article on all the different parties. Um, oh, nice. Uh, on the Vancouver 22 Vancouver Election Guide by Alan Pike just to give him credit. Okay, so he writes, um, One City is Vancouver's most progressive party, um, and they have a consistent set of urbanist and leftist stances on the city's issues. Um, so somebody uh, that's part of the, the council, per se, is Christine Boyle. Mm-hmm. Um, so One City doesn't have a mayor. They only have, they're just a team of councillors, but they are partnering with Kennedy Stewart's um, but yes. just to deliver a quick thing, um, is the party's platform hopes to deliver that including a call to create non-police response teams that respond to health crises, mental health crises, and a call to end the apartment ban, allowing new rentals and social housing in all neighborhoods. So if you believe essentially in non, non-police response teams that deal with kind of like issues that are going on the downtown east side, um, uh, like more social housing, um, you know, 
more rentals for people that can't afford to buy a house, this is kind of like the team that you want to vote for per se. So they're very like left socialist for the most part, right? So very like, they have obviously the lower class in mind for everything. Um, so he says that this kind of approach appeals to you uh, from a counselor perspective, you'll want to vote for Christina, uh, Christine Boyle. Christine Boyle. Um, and also they have a few other candidates. So they have a health economist named Ian Cromwell, a senior transportation planner, Iona Bonami, and an indigenous leader, Matthew Norris. Um, so he also says, Alan Pike, uh, one city has refrained from running a mayoral candidate, implicitly supporting mayor candidates to his re-election. Their hope is that this time around, he'll have enough progressive and urbanist on council to make some bigger changes. Okay. Um, the next one that we have is Progress Vancouver. Um, this is a new party that was formed, um, and they're uh, actually led by a mayor, and this mayor's name is Mark Marison. Um, let's see what else. Uh, so if you, Mark Marison and the Progress uh, and the progress kind of party is all about housing, specifically housing okay. supplies. Um, so they don't really have a strong stance beyond that, besides just improving housing, making housing available for everybody. Um, so it's a bit mixed, I'd say. Um, uh, so they also have a few candidates on their team. One is a former NDB candidate, uh, Morgan Ogre, and NPA defector, Moro Francis. Um, Alan Pike says that this team has the kind of message of anybody's welcome as long as you're down for more housing. Um, so yeah, uh, okay. that's kind of progress, um, uh, Vancouver. The next one is Mayor Kennedy Stewart's, uh, party, um, called Forward Together. Um, so... He's more housing, right? Yeah, he's, he's also more housing. more housing, but he's also, I think he has a stronger perspective in regards to not only housing i think for me like and i think the general consensus is one is housing right two is the downtown east side how are yeah. you going to address that and then three is policing yes. so those are the kind of three things that all these people are kind of trying to like address right um uh so forwards forward uh forward together's fundamental pitch is that mayor stewart has been pushing things in the right direction a progressive and urbanist one but hasn't done the most to get the to get the job fully done um so essentially his thing is like okay um we want to obviously increase more mental health issues right so address the downtown east side by kind of focusing on that yeah. maybe not as many um he's he's not for 10 cities he he wants to put those people in social housing yeah. he's also addressing the social uh, housing issue as well by creating more affordable housing for locals as well um his, his main reason why you couldn't get new vet done is because of the mixed bag of people on the yeah, council right now. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so that's why he's kind of teaming up with um, one city to kind of make that work. <laughs> okay, now the big one is yeah. ABC, which is a better city. Um, they're defined as center-right, um, led by your man in Ken Sim. Um, I feel like if you don't live in if you live in Vancouver, you've probably seen his ads everywhere, yeah. his YouTube ads and everything. But he used to be for the NPA, um, uh, so it's definitely more uh, right sided to say the least. Um, his whole thing is, um, I think what he's promoting is like he wants to hire a hundred police officers and a hundred, I think, mental nurses, nurses, nurses yeah. right, to kind of partner with them in a sense to address the downtown east side issue. But he hasn't said how. Yeah, exactly. That's going to happen. And do we really think, at the end of the day, 
like so he makes a hundred he hires a hundred police officers and, a, and then a hundred nurses then what is that yeah, supposed to solve our downtown east side crisis yeah i mean i think he's saying all the right things and he's promising a lot of things but it's not really clear how he's going to get that done yeah no i was i read the article i listened to the podcast yeah still waiting yeah but he was um by short, like, 900 votes or something in yeah. the last election. Exactly. He was really close. Yeah, he's really close. So a lot of people are saying that he actually has a chance to win this election. Um, so Alan Pike said, while ABC's policies may appeal to those on the right, cut, cut waste at City Hall, hire police officers, oppose the new taxes on private vehicles, Sim seems to have sharpened his pencil on housing since last election. They committed to triple the number of housing starts. So how they would achieve that and what proportion of social and rental housing they pursue is unclear. So you can promise housing, but you're not really providing us what that housing goes to or yeah. who that goes to. It's, there's a common thread, right? Like housing yeah. is a huge thing, but who are they going to give the housing to is another hot topic. And right? where are they going to put it? Yeah. So before I read on Colleen, yeah. we drove through Kits going to UBC, yeah. and I just saw her her posters and all yeah. that on everyone's lawn basically then i read it and i'm like oh duh of course <laughs> of course team's calling hardwick yeah so on that side let's talk about team then so yeah. team um has you know team's mayor is calling hardwick um she's currently a city councillor right now she's a very uh she's a repetition of saying no she's yes. no a lot of things to um, like social housing. Yeah, exactly. Housing for homeless. I think she was against the in- indigenous development too. On she the, was, yeah. Yeah, so I think for her, she it's not that she's no, but she she's very slow to make decisions and she wants decisions to be like discussed in a line. So she's always um, kind of, we'll talk about this in a bit, but yeah. Justin McElroy, um, he's a, what is he, like a journalist, I guess, yeah. posted um, an article on CBC showing people's track record, city council and mayor's track record of voting for things. Yeah. And you can see, like, Colleen Harvick's team is all no for everything. Yeah, I, I yeah. think I saw that one, too. Yeah, so um, Alan Pike says, in Hardwick's view, planning should be a slow process done neighborhood by neighborhood, if not block by block, so that each voter's most vocal residents can veto improvements that may risk making Vancouver a better place. Hardwick sees the growing academic and popular consensus that cities must prevent more housing as backwards, and she's willing to be little colleagues and residents to make this point. I mean, this this website's clearly biased towards her, right? So yeah. take it with a grain of salt. But you can see, based on her track record, that um, she kind of polls, she, the way she polls is about 70% yes in the total things that she has to vote for. So, um, yeah, that's kind of what she's standing for. So it's not that she's against housing, but she believes that these housing things should be isolated on the neighborhood, right? So that's why she's often labeled as the, the NIMBY person, the not-in-my-backyard person. Well, she does live in a home she owns <laughs> yeah. in Kitts Point near yeah. Kitts Beach Park. So yeah, exactly. That's a perfect example of being disconnected to every other neighborhood outside of that. Totally. All right. And the so hold on, just, yeah. just to go jump into something else, there's like Taki's podcast. It yeah. sounds like it's like a robotic, yeah. automated person. So when this robot was talking, like I could hear the attitude of <laughs> Colleen through that. Yeah, I can Just imagine. Just like how the article, and it's very like uh, monotone. Yeah. But I think, I think that literally it's just, it's like an, it's like an audiobook. It's just reading the words off the website. Yeah. So that's one thing to know is that if you listen to this, yeah. make sure you know how to distinguish between what the, the journalist is asking versus what 
the mayor's Yeah, but you can tell. Because then there's, like, certain, I don't know, there's no tone, obviously, (laughs) but you can sense it. Anyways, yeah, that's Colleen. Definitely. um, Her family also is a background in um, politics. Yeah. Her father. So they come from, like, that kind of, I don't know how you call it, but... um, Anyways... Lastly, I'd say it's just the NPA. So the NPA is considered like your far right kind of team. Um, they have a new mayor that's running for it named, uh, what's the name again? Something Harding? Fred. Fred Harding. This is a beauty contest. Yeah. <laughs> win. Yeah, he definitely has the, like that kind of the, the look to him, right? He's very handsome. Yeah. When I just scrolling through these um, pictures. Yeah. What does NPA stand for again? Um, new. Progressive, no, I don't know. New, new progressive alliance, nonpartisan association. Non-partisan. Um, so yeah, so traditionally they're kind of labeled as center right, but it's definitely clear based on what uh, yeah uh, Fred Harding is uh, announcing that he's definitely more right leaning per se. Um, so essentially, um, Fred Harding is kind of wanting you know more policing. Um, what else does he want? Uh, crime and safety, you know, is their number one priority. So they think policing is going to be the number one solution to this. Um, like, not to kind of sully it a bit, but I don't know. If, I think a lot of people have heard about the article about actually one person who's part of the NP Council posting a video on YouTube talking about how to get tenants to move out of, the, out of their, how do landlords get tenants to move out? And he said, he posts this article about like, things you can do to kick tenants out of your house, and one of them was take a shit in their apartment when you go visit them. What he I, said that yeah. he so, just lost the beauty contest. No, he didn't say that. So oh. one of his one of his counselors, oh. Morning Lee, said that. Um, yeah. So yeah. So that's the guy. Um, anyways, I want to talk about more about what the what they stand for. Um, yeah, I don't know what their stance is on housing, but they definitely have a stronger. Um, leaning towards uh, policing, I guess. Um, yeah, because isn't he also an ex-police officer? Yes, that's right. So, okay, so those, those are kind of like the main candidates. Yeah. Um, now let's go on to the mayor specifically. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so let's go into um, the specific mayors and kind of what they're promising. Um, do you want to, do you have any open that you want to go for first? Um, you know, I did no much going in, I have to say. All good. Um, okay, well, but I do like um, Kennedy Stewart's yeah, steps. Why don't you share that? So his top three priorities is affordable housing, uh, mental health and addiction, and a sustainable economy. Yes. Um, so this is just off the Vancouver.ca website. All right, let's hear it. Um, so while other parties plan to cut out, uh, he plans to build. So... Um, increase supply, affordability, streamline the approval process, and protect renters. And I think that was a huge thing, especially with the Broadway line coming in, that they're worried that they weren't able to come back mm-hmm. to a home at the same rate. And he yeah. said he would, he would, I guess, help ensure that they do. Um, climate change, build a sustainable, equitable environment and economy rooted in reconciliation, accessibility, and inclusivity, and then also offer um, more supportive housing, provide more harm reduction and treatment options, and offer greater mental health support. Yeah, I think one of his things, too, was kind of fully building out the, you know, so that if you do have, speaking specifically about, like, you know, the, the, the safety and, like, downtown east side is that, 
when people have an issue, they don't have to call 911 right away, but there's yeah. another number you I think it's like 311 or something like that, like a non-emergency helpline so that they could get like, you know, mental health workers instead of like police officers to address the situation as well. And I, I mean, I'm kind of like torn on that per se. Like, I don't think police are the solution to everything. We don't really have any other option right now, yeah. but I do think there should be other resources available to the public should something happen where they, you know, brute force or police, you know, physical strength isn't required. Yeah. You know, and I feel like um, he's done a lot. Like, it's hard to tell, too. Yeah. He only served four years and like yeah. half the time it was COVID. Uh-huh. Um, one thing the Chai mentions um, when they talk about the mayors, too, is like, what their current living situation yeah, is. So right. He rents. Yeah. So from a renter's perspective, he's probably seen it go up. Yeah, exactly. So he gets that. Yeah. So I feel like he's more in touch with housing as totally. opposed to someone named Colleen, <laughs> whose parents, she said she bought the house from, but yeah. who knows how much. Exactly. Um, she bought it from her when she passed away. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit different. Yeah. I mean, I don't like, uh, kind of just like going off time. I think every mayoral candidate has something that appeals to me, right? But I yeah. think at the end of the day, it's like, who do I trust? And who do I feel can actually make the right decisions yeah. for, you know, me as a Vancouver resident? So I was going to vote like uh, Ken Sim, because yeah. like, hey, we need an Asian guy in here. Yeah. But it's like, I read more and I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, I want to be, you know, supportive. I got you, dude. Totally. But like, I don't know if I support everything you're talking about. Totally. I think Kenson was one who was saying how he's going to build a SkyTrain station or a subway station from like Vancouver or Burnaby to North Vancouver or something like that. But I think like empty promises because you as a Vancouver mayor can't make that decision alone. Yeah. It requires. There was another thing that was in the Chai article where he was saying about the mental health crisis and he was like, there's only so much you can do. Yeah. The cop thing, the nurse thing. Yeah. And then on top of that, he's like, well, it's like on a federal level. Yeah. Well, I I can't do it. Yeah. So certain things he feels like he can do. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I was like. And this is, again, Thai podcast, yeah. so it's all monotone, yeah, and you yeah. really sounded like you gave up in there, <laughs> like, come on, Ken Sim. Yeah, it's like, don't, yeah, okay, yeah. Anyways, kind of focusing okay, back so on yeah. Kenny Stewart, I think, I think one that I really do want to, like, what stuff for me was um, Tent Cities, right? So the Tent Cities, um, the Thai asked Kenny Stewart, um, Tent Cities are now pretty much a permanent reality in Vancouver. A few of your op- opponents have been floating the idea of identifying a site where we can have a sanctioned tent city with bathrooms, showers, and other services. Do you think it's time to consider that? And I feel like we talked about that in the last podcast where I'm like, well, if they're just like living in the tent city and they're not disturbing anybody, then just leave them. And I feel like, you know, after reading all these things and learning more about what each mayor says and like, you know, what what tent cities represent, I actually have flip-flopped. I, I flipped my perspective. I don't think tent cities are some are the solved and homeless, right? Nobody's living condition should be something like that at the end of the day, right? Yeah. And I think Kenny Stewart kind of summed up pretty well. He's like, he's like, I think we're making progress in regards to this, um, improving 10 cities. But if we start to go to the encampment route, meaning allowing 10 cities, we've given up. And I think that's yeah. true, but we haven't really addressed the homeless situation by just letting them pitch their tents somewhere, right? Um, yeah. So. This is in the Tai article, right? Yes, that's okay. right. Okay, yeah. that interview, I mean. Yeah, that interview. He but, says something, the only way out of hopelessness, homelessness is housing. Yeah, exactly. Which makes sense. <laughs> out of home, um, homelessness is homes. Yeah, the only way out of homelessness is housing. That's what he said. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, but I would read that article on me. I mean, they asked him some pretty hard-hitting questions, specifically about, like, public safety and how he... Overdose crisis. Overdose crisis and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, um, so that's kind of Kenny Stewart. So I feel like the tie kind of hit him hard with some questions that he he was able to answer or at least address. Um, I'm willing to give him another shot, given that he gets the right team in place to actually make things happen. Um, but okay, so that's... And City. Yeah, that's Kennedy Stewart. Um, so one city and um, forward Vancouver. That's what forward with Kennedy. Yeah, Stewart. forward with Kennedy. All right, let's go on to the next one. Let's Can go do with, Colleen. Yeah, let's go on to Colleen. Colleen. Yeah. <laughs> hey, so her top three priorities, um, affordable housing, public safety, and core services. Okay. Uh, so she wants to make Vancouver safer and more affordable while prioritizing core services. Community-based planning approach balances housing, mobility, community amenities, business activity, and affordability. So that's it'll replace the current Broadway plan, mm-hmm. Vancouver plan to avoid demovictions, demovictions of affordable low-rise rental housing and consulting rooms how to keep our kids in Vancouver without massive concrete towers. So one thing too with her is um. She doesn't want towers. Yeah. So anything that's, and they're like, what is this one story, two story? Mm-hmm. And she's like, anything that doesn't let you connect to your neighbors. Yeah. So that's like anything then. Totally. That's two floors. Yeah. That's two suites. Yeah. Three suites. Exactly. She's too many. She's always like, we need to be more connected and apartments actually do the opposite. Yeah. I don't think that's true. She said there's a study. She's like, oh, oh yeah. I'll give you the study yeah. after like. Attitude Audible con- yeah. podcast. But anyways, she, again, lives in a house in Kitts Point. Yeah. Which is worth, I think, what did they say, $4.4 million. Yes. Um, so Jean Swanson would be uh, taxing her ass. Yeah, exactly. Um, but she has, like, I know how hard it is out there because her daughter lives in her home. Yeah. With her grandkids. My kids are saying I can't afford a place. Oh, so I think they're fine. It's like a giant house. Oh, I'm you sure she lives oh, in. Okay. I don't know. I don't know her address. But it's beachfront property, though. That's for sure. Yeah, she's at waterfront. She's got water right there. Yeah. Of course, she doesn't want towers. For sure. So, enough said. But should we use that against her, though? To play devil's advocate. Well, then don't say affordable housing. Yeah. Vancouver has limited land at this point. We need to demolish something to make room for more housing. So then how do you suppose we do that? Yeah. We just move everyone outside of Point Grey. Totally. Kids. And then she's happy. Yeah, not in my backyard. got to do it by neighborhood, guys. Totally. Yeah, she's total nippy. Um, She's also, she's actually against the whole Broadway. um, Subway line. Yeah. Yeah. And... Her, the thing that she was saying was that if she gets obviously voted, she's going to actually stop that from happening. But so much money has already dumped, been dumped into it. So if you're going to stop it, you're just dumping even more money to get rid of it. Yeah. You know, she yeah. has so much money. It like doesn't even, yeah, just yeah. get rid of it. So but her, so they, so the Thai asked her about that and she was all about surface rail, surface rail. Um, so she says the city was laid out originally on a streetcar grid and many of those right of ways continue to exist. Um, yada 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 I believe that the form of development that is most livable for the city would be would enable distributed density throughout the fabricable city surface rail whether you call them streetcars or trams we see examples of surface rail that works very well and the company built forms what we like to call missing middle gentle density so she's so she's not really thrilled on the whole subway project but she would want to put streetcars in instead um, yeah so there's more traffic on the 
good find Colleen. Yeah. Thanks, Colleen. But her whole thing is definitely more about, you know, stopping apartments and high rises from being raised. Um, like I said, she was definitely against uh, uh, the proposal to build high rises and kits um, on the native lands. Um, so then Tai asked her, okay, how are you going to, what are you going to do and how are you going to work with them? And then she says, um, uh, I have, I do have multi-generational relationship with First Nations people. The leadership, I understand what they're doing. It's not like they make any bones about it. It's about making as much money as possible. And I do struggle with making as much money as possible at the expense of livability because I believe that livability is as essential. So I think she's, she sees it as like, okay, they're just trying to make money. Yeah. You know what I mean? But she's like, that's not what should be the main driver. Because she has so much. She has yeah. so She's okay. Anyways. She doesn't get it. Yeah. I feel like she's so disconnected. Like, I fear so much attitude. And she, and also, when it comes to, like, social housing and housing the homeless, she doesn't really believe in, like, building, like, um, obviously, she she's for uh, not having 10 cities as part of the solution, but she believes in tiny homes instead. Um, so building people... So she said, I'm supportive of the tiny home idea, but I actually think that it can be dealt with in an in and managed in the community for certain people. For example, my historical family church is on 16th and Pine, and there's a parking lot there that could have taken 10 tiny homes, and those people could have been supported out of the church with bathrooms. The community was actually willing to do that. I mean, that's such a micro perspective on the total homeless situation to say that, oh, that's a solution. We have one parking lot. So you're going to have one home for one person when you can, you know, in one lot, you could triple that and give everybody a washroom instead of having them use the church washroom. I don't know. No, you're saying everything right. It's not you don't know. She doesn't know. Yeah. So I think she's kind of disconnected from the homeless situation, obviously, the downtown east side. She couldn't get it. She wouldn't. She did make a comment, this I think, if I'm guessing right, where she said she talked to someone who lived at an SRO. Yeah. She didn't see it, but she talked to them. And that's her kind of thing. Yeah, that's her connection to that. And what I will say, like, I, like, the, okay, I'll mute, okay, yeah, I'll just okay. go to it right now, but I just want to say that, like, I don't believe 10 cities are the solution to homelessness, but I don't think the current state of SROs are the solution as well yeah. to solve for the 10 cities, because those conditions are, are a lot not, worse. Yeah. And all the, like, so many deaths have happened in those single room occupancy areas because they're not proper places for people to live and build a new life. I agree. Like, I completely that, agree. Was she 12 years old or 14 year old? I, don't they... know. I, I know. I can't, <laughs> I can't even. It's so sad. Yeah. So to say that that's a solution is it's not. It's not a solution. And that's why they'd rather be. Yeah. In the tents. In the tents. Exactly. Because it's unlivable. Exactly. Like okay. how dare we just sh- shove people in these things. And just expect them to be okay. I mean. Yeah, it's like give you a hose. Yeah. It's like exactly. dear Jesus, no. 100%. Okay. Okay. So, so Colleen, no. Yeah. I, <laughs> just, I'm not <laughs> trying to point anything, but. Yeah. Okay, who do we want to go to? The next next? one, I'd say Mark, the progressive. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you have for Mark? So again, his is uh, top three priorities as housing again. So end this housing shortage. Yeah. Streamline permitting and fight climate change. These are really broad things. Yeah, definitely. Um, So he's saying uh, progress, Vancouver's united on a plan to make housing affordable again. Reform zoning, build budget neutral mixed income housing, more senior housing in neighborhoods. 15,000 new homes, rentals per year, co-ops, uh, 
secure federal funding for social housing, progressive luxury home surtax. I don't know what that is actually. Fights yeah. um, speculation, protect renters, streamline permits, reform community amenity contribution, uh, contributions, and then support indigenous-led developments like the Senaqua. <laughs> I I'm think trying. that's how yeah. you said it. I don't. I don't know. I'm so sorry. S e n a. Oh, but there's some <laughs> punctuation in there. K w. Anyways, just yeah. thank you for not seeing. Yeah. What do you think about it? Um. You know, when I listened to it and then I read it after, there wasn't yeah. anything that jumped up that made me be like, "Whoa, Mark is different." Yeah. Like Mark really stands out. So I, I can't say. I think that really. like I think like what Alan Pike said is like this party just isn't really clear on what their message is and their division. It's like they're they're saying things the right keywords, but in very general ways that make it very hard to understand how he's going to implement these things. I watched a debate with all the mayors, and one thing I think no sorry not debate. I read somewhere that like one of the things how are you going to fight like the safety things? It's like we need brighter lights in the city so that there's no dark areas for predators or whatever to like attack you. Like those like yeah. He's trying, but I don't think he's really well equipped to really take on all the stuff that's going like, to be expected of him as a Did you player. know that he is? Um, he is Christy Clark's ex husband. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, um, but he said he's not like doesn't believe in a lot of her ideals. Yeah, um, but he lives in Olympic Village and he owns a condo there. Yeah, I don't he doesn't know. own a car. That's all I have. I don't. Mark, he's not on my radar. Really, um, I'm not sure. Like he's for social housing and all yeah, that stuff. Like, yeah. but it's just like I, I don't know. Like re- reading the article on Tai, it just wasn't really anything that really stood out to me that made me think. Um, here's one question, right? Tai asked him. I feel like the solution to tent city is always saying we're going to give you housing, but the housing is an SRO SRO room, and then people don't want to stay there. It's it ends up being kind of a pretend thing to claim that people have been housed. And then his response is, we know, for example, that temporary modular housing seems to be working reasonably well, whereas buying up old hotels doesn't seem to be working very well, which is what currently our SROs are. Um, And it seems to be degenerating to the same sort of SRO issue. And that's one of the reasons why I've talked about bringing back a Vancouver agreement, because the city can't address this stuff alone. We don't have the fiscal powers for anything. We have to get the federal, provincial, municipal governments together. I'm not suggesting this is any kind of austerity measure. It's like this is going to require more investment, not less, at least in the short term. So that's what I'm saying. It's like he he's saying the right things, but he's not telling us how he's going to solve them. In this yeah. situation, he's like, it's out of my control. He's like, yeah, right, similar to what move. Yeah. Um, yeah, but in, in terms of like, how are you going to clean up like Chinatown and the horrible random attacks and public safety being a thing, right? His thing is, you know putting more efforts into just cleaning things and getting rid of garbage, um, being better at cleaning up Chinatown, Gravel Street, various places downtown, and better lighting. These are all things that we're talking about that are not policemen because the police can't do all the stuff alone and we don't direct the police. So it's like, okay, so your solution to solving the safety issue is to clean up the streets. And then get a flashlight. Yeah, getting rid of garbage <laughs> and making better light. That's what I'm saying, right? Yeah. So not really... Yeah, maybe he'll, he'll get there one confidence. day. It's yeah. just not this election, I think. Yeah. Okay. So that's that's okay. Mark Marison. Um, I think that's like uh, four. Yeah. So now let's go over Fred Harding then, NPA. What do you have for him? Fred Harding. Nonpartisan right. Association. 
That's right. Public safety, housing, and core services. So ensure crisis-level leadership for public safety at City Hall. Ensure neighbors are safe by supporting and working with other great progressive uh, progressive police service. Mm -hmm. Those who break the law will need to be held accountable. Ensure harm reduction is tied to treatment. And then housing, focus on housing supply, less red tape, and shorten permit wait times. And then core services, improve basic services, fewer taxes, and less government waste. Yeah. So Fred Harding is new to the game. Um, actually, he's not that new to the game. He ran. He tried to run for run for mayor in 2018. He came in sixth place. He's a former police officer who grew up in London. Um, he's also worked with the West Vancouver Police Department. His wife is a a celebrity person, celebrity singer in China named Zhang Mi. Oh. Um, he also ran a business in China called Harding Global Consultancy. Um, but he's now back and he lives at the Telus Garden where he rents. Rents. Um, okay. Like, like you said, Jess, he's laser-focused on law and order in the city and is yeah. pushing for more police to deal with what policing expert dubbed the part called an increasing intensity of disorder and aggressive behavior in downtown Um So, yeah. Um, he wants to increase the number of police officers and said he favors arresting homeless people who choose to live in tent cities instead of going to shelters. Um, to give you a... So you can see he's very, like... Yeah, you do something bad. Yeah, you, exactly. You go to jail. Like punishment, um, yeah. policing, going to jail, all that stuff. Um, that costs money too, sir. Yeah, so his definitely thing is not so much on housing per se, but on crime and public safety. Um, so his, so Tai asked him, okay, so how are you going to address this with all the like with all the safety issues? What's your plan? And then Fred Harding said, we have, we've, we've got a 19 point plan. We need a crisis level response at City Hall. And the crisis level response I hit City Hall will be about how we work with the police department, with the Vancouver Police Union, because it's a crisis. I would be asking the province and feds for some more money. Um, so he's saying, yeah, just like hire more people, arrest more people. Um, but he's saying that what's going on right now is the fastest deterioration of the city since the Great Depression. That's a bit exaggerated to say the least, yeah. um, but you can see where he stands and what he's going to try and enforce in the city. Um, whether or not that's a good thing or a bad thing, it's really up to you on how you view the police. I don't think that's a solution to just arrest people. Welcome to law and order, though. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a time and place, right? Like, if you're attacking somebody, then there's then you need to address that, and something is there needs to be repercussions and punishment for that. But I don't think you should arrest everybody just because they choose not to live in a shelter. So his takeaways, and Tai goes, is there anything else you'd like voters to know? Yeah. And da-da-da-da, he's like, I'm an ex-cop. I know how to arrest people. I know how to target people. We have people on our team who can do data analysis on crime. We know how we can actually target specific criminals. Yeah. Law and order. So essentially, it's like, if you're not like me and you're, you know, less fortunate or you're an actor or homeless, you're a criminal and you should be jailed up. Yeah. Which I don't think is obviously the solution and, I don't think so either. Yeah. Uh, what's his What's his kind of stance on housing? He believes that if we build more uh, housing, that it will bring the prices down. Whereas a lot of people are saying, no matter how much supply you build, it's not going to lower the prices. Yeah. You know? But he says that will. Um, he says we have lots of properties where a condo or a building is ready to go up, but the developers are not building because there's uncertainty around having to negotiate the community and many contributions on that building. Um, so he doesn't really provide a clear answer as to, you know, the housing issue, but he definitely wants to lock people up. <laughs> yeah, he knows how to do it. Yeah. He's got a team. Exactly. Team of people that lock you up. <laughs> okay, well, let's talk about our last, you know, 
I feel like the one who's in media the most, social media, and as well as like on YouTube and stuff, is Ken Sim from ABC, A Better City. Um, yes, okay, so Ken Sim. Yeah, I see him a lot. He lives near Jericho Park in the west side neighborhood of Portland. Okay, it makes sense now. Top three priorities, safety, affordability, sustainability. His is his platform is Invest in Public Safety. This is the 100 police officers and mental health nurses. Address the housing crisis, triple housing starts and streamline permitting. Make Vancouver a more vibrant city. Expand patios and plazas. Ensure the struggling with mental health and addiction have prior to proper support, improve cycling, pedestrian, rapid transit infrastructure, and embrace technology and evidence-based policy to make City Hall more efficient and effective. Yes, so essentially, you know, Ken Sim represents the ABC team, right? So when you're voting, right, if you choose everybody from ABC, they're all going to have that same, you know, agenda in mind if they do get the majority of people in council. Um, so anyways, yeah, so he lives in Jericho, um, West Side, neighborhood of Point Grey. He's actually co-owner of um, yeah, Rosemary Rock Salt, yeah. a bagel company, and he also founded a home care business called Nurse Next Door. Um, so yeah, he's so if NPA were like say far right, um, ABC would be the one level below that towards the center. Um, You'd say he's more center. Mm-hmm. I feel he's more like. Right. He's more right, but okay. he's like more right. He's right of the center. You know? Okay, yeah, yeah. No, I got what you said. Yeah. yeah. So if like NPA, Fred Hardison, was like the extreme right, yeah. he'd be one before that. Okay. And then the center would be right there. You okay. Know what, I mean? what would you say center is? Do you think there is a center? I don't think so. I yeah. Say. I don't, yeah. I Because mean, Kennedy feels more left. left. Yeah. I don't know. I think one city, so one city is the one that doesn't have a mayor, but is supporting Kenny Stewart. They're more far left. Um, and then, So he'd be like, where yeah, ABC, ABC is. is. Yes, okay, got right. it. Yeah. I think that's why, like, you know, Frank's, Ken Sim and Kenny Stewart were so close in the last elections because they're both close to the center, but it's those little, one little yeah. things that make them over, right? Okay, that makes sense. Um, yeah, so. Yeah, like, he supports social and supportive housing. Yeah. Um, he has a campaign, like I said, 100 more police officers and 100 more public health nurses to address public safety concerns. And he's promised to cut the fat from the city's budget while not reducing services. He's also promised to... How's he going to do that? That sounds so nice. (laughs) Cut the fat, but you keep all the money. Yeah. Well, let's address his 100 more police officers, 100 more mental officers, and what that involves. So Ken Sim's thing is, since 2010, Vancouver police service levels have effectively remained flat, but the city has grown about 13%. So the 100 police officer basically gets us closer to where service levels should be. The 100 plus 100 is basically our way of providing more empathetic policing services, but also more effective services to people that are facing a non-emergency mental health crisis. It's the extension of the very successful CAR 87 program that pairs a police officer with a mental health nurse that's been in existence since 1970. So he's saying, you know, the city has grown about 13%. That equals to an additional 100 police officers that are needed. So he's basing it off of how how much the city has grown and how much... I didn't even know we had a CAR 87 program. Apparently, it's really successful. Oh, so successful. But who's going to pay for it, right? Um, and Ken Sim says, the city's going to pay for it. It's going to be our way of trying it out. And then when the results come in, we're going to share it with the province. But I actually think this project will be self-funding. So we fully cost the investment at $20 million per year. That includes 100 police officers and 100 nurses. We feel very confident that we'll be able to make this move without cutting services and increasing taxes. So yeah, it, it does essentially come out of our tax dollars 
but he's not gonna he says that we don't need to raise our taxes to pay for this um yeah so you're not taking from any other services. This money is there already. Yeah. Excellent. So what do you think, though? Do you think, like, that's a possible solve for the, the downtown east side health crisis? I know, safety crisis? I don't know. Like, we're losing nurses in the hospital every day. Like, yeah. I don't know how you're going to find more that's going to come. It's already spent and, you know, burnt out to now work in the downtown east side. Yeah. Like, people who deliver mail don't even want to go down there. Yeah, exactly. And what makes you think an unequipped... I mean, they're pari- They're saying that we will pair every mental health nurse with a police officer to protect them. But then, is that the... <laughs> That's not the solution either. And if you're saying there's already a program out there that is successful, I've yet to see the success. Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. So, give me another example. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. When I heard that, I'm like, it didn't make sense to me. Uh, yep. Let's see. He says he can prove us wrong, and then we'll all bathe in the profits. Yeah. Whatever that means, too. I don't know. I don't know, Ken Sim. So his whole thing about housing is that, you know, he has, he's been through the experience of housing. He says that, you know, I went to five elementary schools in seven years because we couldn't find places to rent. We would get bounced from place to place. We're dealing with people's lives. We're dealing with people's families, and we can do it with the heart. And if we take a longer-term view when we provide developers or anyone who's building, like not-for-profits, a little more incentives to make sure they can take care of people that are affected, that's the program I'll sign up. So then Tai asked him, what are those incentives going to look like? So it's like, there are a bunch of different ways that we can approach it. I don't think there's a one-size-fits-all solution. I think what we need to do is, yes, be open-minded and look at the spectrum of solutions and see what works. So that's what I'm saying. It's like, you're saying all these things, but you're not really telling us what you're going to do. Just, you know, a bunch of different ways yeah. and not one size fits all. Yeah, exactly. So we'll see. But, you know, it's like maybe maybe it isn't so black and white in regards to solutions, so that's why he's not able to answer it. But at least Kenny Stewart gave like, us a proper, you know, like, he's going to try this. Yeah. This is what I'm going to try at least. Totally. Um, yeah, it's like a lot of buzzy kind of words too. I mean, I, I get it. At the end of the day, you know, that's what, that's what they're trying to, um, get people's votes and opinions on, right, is to make that happen. You know what I mean? Is to promise anything and everything and then go Build there. that wall. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I know what you mean. This yeah. is sort of their bait. Anyways, check out the Thai. They did really good interviews with each of the mayors. Yeah. Um, this, you know, uh, the journalist is Jen Saint-Denis. Jean Saint-Denis. Yeah. Um, she did a good job. She has hard-hitting questions yeah. there. But what I will say is that, you know, like, spend 30 minutes just to go through each of the mayors, what each party stands for, to help get, help you understand where you fall in regards to each of those parties' proposals, right? Like I said, don't vote for the person, vote for the party, because the, with the party, you're going to actually see better results because then a majority of people on that will vote for the same agenda. But if you're voting for different people, you're going to have the same situation we have right now, where nobody is really able to come to a conclusion on anything. Justin McElroy did a really great kind of breakdown of, you know, where these parties vote for and against. But if, if, if there's one clear indicator out of all this, it's that team, Carleen Harlow's team, has been no for everything, essentially. She's like 0%. Yeah, so from like the Vancouver plan, the Broadway plan, fast-tracking social housing to... Yaletown um, Overdose Prevention yeah, Site. Yeah, Yaletown Overdose Prevention <laughs> Site. They, they've been no for everything. Is there anything else you want to talk about? Um, no, I think that's 
that's it. Those were the major major issues. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I'm obviously not super educated in politics per se, but this is just based on my own findings, my own research to kind of get a better perspective. It's great, like Justin Elroy, uh, Mick Elroy, yeah. and um, Jen Sidney really make it easy. Yeah, and digestible. Digestible. Totally. Um, and then you feel really educated. Yeah. Um, going into uh, voting. Yeah, and then also look at Reddit, see what other people are talking about, how they're you know. I'd say, like, get a broader perspective in regards to, like, who you vote for and why you're voting for them. Um, be prepared when you're going to vote, so make sure you know about the numbers people need to vote for. Um, yeah, see which party they're running for as well, because everybody has a different agenda by it. But if you vote for the same party, like I said, they'll all be working towards the same agenda. Um, to kind of, like, Reddit kind of summed up really quickly in a too-long-didn't-read uh, summary. They said, four together in one city, very pro-affordable rental housing. Team and cope generally against it really depends on you know where you stand in regards to all that but it's clear that you know land rental housing and then safety are some of the main concerns yeah safety and policing yes so kind of look at what each person's stance is and if they have an opinion personally i feel like any area that's gonna you know run for vancouver should have a strong opinion on everything yeah not just one specific thing so, i agree um but yeah check your mail for your ballots uh, I think you can still register, too, when you're there. Yeah, you can right? register when you're there. Um, advanced voting, I think, is still happening. Yeah. Uh, and then the main last day to vote is October 15th. It's yeah. too late to do your mail-in votes, but you can still go and, you know, vote. And so advanced is on 8 to 8, so you've got all day. Yeah, exactly. So no excuse. Yes. Yeah. This is a real privilege, and we should exercise it. I mean, when I was younger, I didn't really give a shit about this stuff, but now that I'm getting older and I'm seeing the impacts of my, you know, my votes and stuff. Yeah. In the like happening live it's like it's important that we all kind of use this kind of privilege that we have to make a change i agree regardless of who you vote for as long as you vote yeah <laughs> just do it so hopefully we didn't confuse things even more for you hopefully we gave you some resources don't be calling don't vote i mean it's just we're, we're just like where you're at too i don't know where you're living yeah it does right. affect you it's your neighborhood then. for yeah. sure yeah, definitely i mean i can see it from her perspective too right it's i get like, it yeah like Protect. you own a property yeah these things are going to lower the property value, so that's why you're probably for it. But at the same time, it's like the greater good, <laughs> the collective. Or not. Yeah. You watch out for your own. Yeah, fair enough. You do you. All right. That sums up episode, what, 65? This is uh, 62. 60, so we're on 63 now. Oh, this is episode 62. This is uh, 62. Yes, right. uh, this is episode 62. There you go. All right. Well, All get right. out and vote. Um, until next time. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.